Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, can you keep a secret? Knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of this show. So we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about false accusations. Now, according to Luke chapter 21, verses 12 to 19, it reads as follows. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. Now, just to give some context, this is Jesus speaking. And he's saying, before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. Now, when we think about persecution, quite often as believers and as Christians, and even non-Christians, we think about people in Middle Eastern countries or Muslim countries where Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, will lose their life. Their home, their church will be burnt down and destroyed. They may be beheaded, tortured, imprisoned because of their faith. However, as the Bible says, we live in the world, we are not of the world. In this modern day, persecution does not necessarily have to be somebody taking your life or destroying your property because of your faith. In fact, as Christians, persecution comes in many different forms. It then goes on to say, they will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish Stand firm and you'll win life. I was just reading this yesterday and there are people who will read the scripture or who will hear the scripture referenced in a sermon, referenced on a radio program or through daily devotionals, daily breads, word for today. And as they read those words that are found in Luke 21, 12 to 19, those words will resonate to them because of their current situation. Now, the thing is, we as believers know that we should not lose faith. We should not become despaired 
because of what goes on around us. And when we think about the reality that we'll be betrayed by everyone close to us, that we will even go to prison because of our faith, and some of us will lose our life, that could be a very scary concept. But I am encouraged because it says here, I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Now, as a lawyer, what I can say is that I have observed that many a time when I've been in New York, and often it's a black individual, usually a young black male, pants typically hanging down, a sweater with a hood, when he is apprehended by the police. Now, I would not know the infraction or what has happened, but I would often observe that this young black man is resisting arrest, not necessarily physically, but at least with his mouth. He's either trying to explain his way out of the situation to justify, or he is using aggressive words, profanities, to express his anger and frustration. Now, we know in the Bible that Jesus was angry, but we know that the Bible says, when you're angry, do not sin. When we are law-abiding citizens, and even if we're not, when we are law-abiding citizens and the law comes to apprehend us, we have to respect that the police, that the law enforcer is merely doing their job. And as a Christian, as well as somebody who is a person who abides by the law, we need to reflect Christ in all things. Righteous anger is totally okay, but showing a lack of respect, using profanities, being verbally abusive or threatening is not going to serve an individual well. And even if the person is not a law-abiding citizen, being verbally abusive and aggressive is not going to help your situation. It is very, very difficult when we are placed into a corner because when we're placed into a corner, our human reaction or response will be to fight back, at least with our mouths, to defend ourselves. But I would say that is one of the worst things a falsely accused or an accused person can do. In fact, I attended a presentation in the U.S. at the Christian Lawyers Conference and the lawyer who spoke, James was his first name, Attorney James, was phenomenal. He spoke incredibly fast, faster than myself. He spoke really fast, so fast that you had to pay full attention. Now, I was out in the hallway networking and connecting with some lawyers. So even though I had been at the presentation at the start before it began, I was out mingling and so I came in late, which I regret to this day. But when I did get in there, I was blown away. You had to pay attention. He moved so fast, there was a lot of information. And at the end, practically everybody in the room bought a copy of his book. And whilst I was in the line, I actually said to one of my friends, this is my lunch money for tomorrow, but it's okay. And the lawyer overheard that and he gave me the book for free. That book changed my life. In fact, it inspired me to go up to individuals, black and brown, Hispanic, African-American in New York, single female, going up to these random men who look like they could be in gangs or at least engaged in criminal activity. And I would say, can I tell you something? Please don't judge me. I did not come to them telling them about Jesus. This book impacted me so much that I would go up to them and I would educate them about their legal rights. I'm absolutely serious. And then eventually the novelty wore off. But one thing that I learned that is fundamental for every human being, if they ever come into contact with law enforcement, if they ever find themselves being arrested, the one thing I took away 
was from a clip that we saw of a movie with Denzel Washington and Matt Damon, I believe. And Matt Damon was the alleged criminal. He was sitting in the police station, and Denzel Washington, as usual, was the police officer. And so, officer is asking accused questions. For example, what is your name? Where are you from? What were you doing on the 6th of July? He was asking questions. What was fascinating about this very short clip we saw was the accused responded to every question with one word. What was the word you're wondering? Lawyer. What is your name? Lawyer. Where are you from? Lawyer. How old are you? Lawyer. What James taught us in his presentation and what his book goes into more detail about sharing stories about primarily African-American men falsely accused, imprisoned, lethal injection when they were innocent, it is because of their inability to communicate unequivocally clear that they wanted a lawyer. They would say things like, is it okay for me to get a lawyer? Can I get a lawyer now? May I get a lawyer? And so that's what's so crucial about this movie. The accused does not ask questions. He responds with one word, lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. And so I want to encourage everyone listening that no matter who you are, when we think about what I just read from the Bible, any one of us can be falsely accused, arrested, charged, God forbid, even convicted. But the key here is to allow the Lord to speak through you. And word of caution, you should allow the Lord to speak through you when you communicate to your advocate, the lawyer. The Holy Spirit is our advocate and he speaks on our behalf. But the lawyer is a skilled, trained individual who will be your mouthpiece. Even if you are a lawyer yourself, you are a barrister, a solicitor, an attorney. You too need a lawyer because you're too involved in the situation. And oftentimes, because we want to prove we didn't do it, we will give and disclose too much information. In fact, somebody said to me, Juanita, as a lawyer, you should know that you do not give more information than is necessary. And when they told me that, I had a light bulb moment. Yes, you're right. The information that I wanted to provide was unnecessary, was not relevant and would create confusion. And if we know that God is a God of order, not confusion, we as believers don't ever want to be party to creating confusion. People believe lawyers are professional liars. I will wholly disagree with that. Lawyers know what information to give and what information to withhold. It is not about dishonesty. The matter of fact is, in my opinion, when it comes to a court case, it is about who has the best story. It is not about the truth, and it should be about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But sadly, it is about who has the best story, who is most believable, who is most convincing. And that is probably the reason why, in the United States, many criminal lawyers go to acting school, because it is always about the theatrics. It's about engaging your jury. It is about the dramatics. It's very sensationalized. When I watch American murder dramas and murder mysteries, I love the courtroom section because that's what we see. But when we think about the fact that a jury member is not a learned person, they're a layman or laywoman, often do not want to be there, then it does make sense that the, the individual 
who's been accused would want their representative, their attorney, to give it their best shot. And if you can engage and keep the jury on their seats, you're sold. Jury comes back not guilty. And so we have to realize that if we as believers serve the God of yesterday, today, forever, the same kind of experiences and encounters that took place in the past can take place in the present. The only difference is we have technology. So that means you could be susceptible to being persecuted via social media, via Facebook. You could be 110% innocent, but your Facebook picture, whatever profile picture you have on social media, whatever picture you may have on your Snapchat, Instagram, may be taken without your consent placed on an official government website and you may be perceived as a fugitive when you've done nothing wrong. The reality is that in life, many people, Christian and non-Christian alike, are willing to believe those in positions of power over the little men and the little women. They would rather believe the government over an innocent human being. Why? Because Many people will say things like, well, it's the government, why would they lie? Or, there must be some truth in that. I recall a situation where I had heard a rumor about a new acquaintance that I was hoping would become a close friend. And when I shared this rumor with somebody I knew personally, they said to me, and I quote, there must be some truth to that rumor. I wholly disagree. We know that the devil is the father of lies. We know that he can mix truth and lies. But I think it is wholly unreasonable for any person to say there must be some truth to that rumor. A rumor can come out of thin air. There can be absolutely no truth to a rumor. Let's say it is a female. A rumor can spread like wildfire that this female is promiscuous is engaging sexually in hotel rooms with men, that female could be a virgin who has never had a romantic relationship, has never held hands with a guy, let alone kissed a guy romantically or hugged a guy romantically. But rumors are being spread. What about a male who is being accused of being a homosexual, being accused of being a pedophile, when in fact this is so far from the truth. So therefore, I feel it is unreasonable for us to sit down and say there must be some truth. In fact, we need to look beyond what we see. We know we do not fight against flesh and blood, we have to look beyond that. When a person makes an allegation, sexual abuse, sexual assault or rape, Often, people who do not understand the mind of a pedophile would say things like, well, I don't think he would have done that because it was his own house. I don't think he would have done that because he is a member of this group. He is a part of that community. I don't think he would have done that because he holds this responsibility in a church. I don't think he would have done that. He is a respected TV anchor. That has nothing to do with it. A perpetrator of a crime who does not want to get caught knows the best way to go undetected 
is for them to commit that crime in a way that would never be believed. For example, based on a true story, I know of an individual who alleged she had been sexually abused by a pastor in the aisles of Home Depot, which is like a store selling items and equipment for doing up your house, giving your house a makeover. The lawyer for the accused made the statement that I did not believe this girl when she said she was being sexually abused in the aisles of Home Depot. In addition, she would go back to the pastor and she alleged she was abused on multiple occasions. I don't believe her. As a victim survivor, I can say you cannot base your opinion on the fact the victim survivor continued to have contact with the accused. When grooming is involved or threats are involved, that victim survivor has lost control, has lost their free will to flee or to run away. The lawyer also said, which I have serious issue with, the young girl stated that this happened during Easter weekend and I do not believe that the pastor could have done this during Easter weekend because Easter weekend is the busiest time of year for any pastor. I disagree with that. Why? I attended a church in Trinidad and when I went to that church service to do my presentation, there were a total of about seven people in the congregation. Now, if that church regularly has seven to ten people, this is before the lockdown, seven to ten people every Sunday, do you really believe that the pastor is busy on Easter weekend? I don't think so. He has a small congregation, a small flock of sheep, as the Bible would call it. He is shepherding seven to ten people. Easter weekend would not be particularly busy for him. It would pretty much be like every other Sunday. But let's switch that dynamic to if the church was a mega church, as we have many in the U.S. or in places in Africa. If it is a mega church, does that mean it's the busiest weekend? I also will not agree with that. Why? Because having attended mega churches in New York, there are often multiple pastors, five or six pastors, security, bodyguard, the technical team. It may have a thousand seats that are filled, including overflow every Sunday, but they have a team of people. So in fact, the mega churches may have less work to do on Easter weekend than the smaller churches because they have a bigger team of people. And so we have to appreciate that just because something looks black does not mean it's black. And just because something looks white doesn't mean it's white. I remember hearing at church once, there are three versions to every story. His version, her version, and the truth in the middle. What I recall of something is based on my perception, my understanding, how good my hearing is, whether I was distracted, how I was feeling that day, my emotions. What about the other person, where they were seated or standing, whatever else is going on in their head, were they fully focused? Sometimes we will hear the same thing, but in different ways. That doesn't mean we're wrong. It is how we perceived and interpreted that. The tone, the intonation, the facial expressions, the body language. And so I want to remind everyone who's hearing my voice that when we hear something, take it with a pinch of salt. Do not be one to spread rumors. Back to the rumor I mentioned earlier with a guy that I knew personally. I did not discuss that rumor with people. I believe I mentioned it to two people who had introduced me to this guy. 
It was a woman and a man who had introduced me, and I told both of them the rumors. Aside from that, everybody else I spoke to about the rumor, I did not use the guy's name. Let's say his name is Barry. I did not use his name. In addition, I did not give any inclination as to who he was, where he was from, what the rumor was about. Absolutely not. I simply asked them, if you heard a rumor about somebody, what would you do? How would you handle it? And interestingly, when I asked a few people, one of them said they would do nothing. The other one said they would come to me directly. The reality is, though, what I've experienced, when people hear rumors about you, they will typically not come to you directly and ask you. They will ask other people. And by asking other people, then they're spreading that rumor. Think about it. Yes, I went back to the two people who knew this guy personally. But with the other 10, 20, 30 people I spoke to about it, I didn't make any reference to what it was about or who the person was. In fact, in the spirit of transparency, in one of my presentations, I asked a group of men, what would you do if you heard this rumor? So I told them the rumor because they were a group of men and I got their responses. Aside from that, I did not come to anybody with the rumor because of where I was at present. If I said what the rumor was, it would be very easy for people to work out who the person I was referring to is. And for me, I believe in using wisdom. The Bible talks about wisdom. There is a time to speak and a time to remain silent. At the end of the day, when you are in court, that is your time to speak when you are sitting in the witness stand. Aside from that, you have to learn, as we say, bite the bullet. You've got to learn to bite the bullet and to hold your tongue. When you are innocent, you want to shout to the rooftops you've done nothing wrong. You want to defend yourself. But is that always appropriate? Because as I mentioned, when we hear things, we may construe it differently. And depending on who you're speaking to and how they interpret what you've said, it may work against you. In fact, in the UK, the police say you have the right to remain silent. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. For me, if I was ever arrested, if I was ever sat in confines of a police station, being interrogated with a two-way mirror or not, my response would be lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. I will not speak. Yes, I've been an attorney for seven years, but I will not speak. That is what my advocate would do. And we as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit who will advocate on our behalf, who will give us the words, who will speak through others to us to confirm, who will speak through us, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit in our spirit, prompting us. There are times when the Lord will use a donkey to communicate in the Bible. And that donkey in this present day and time does not have to be an animal. It can be a non-believer, a drug dealer, an alcoholic, your enemy. We need to be people willing to give others the benefit of the doubt. Because think about it. If we have sufficient evidence to prove that many men have died by lethal injection, have died in prison, 
in the United States and around the world who were innocent. Despite the court case that was built against them, they were completely innocent. We need to appreciate that still happens today. And there are people who will be falsely accused, who will be persecuted, who will be treated like a criminal, whose picture will be displayed on social media, on Facebook, in a newspaper, as though they are a wanted criminal, as though they are a fugitive. Now the question is, when you see that photograph, what do you do? Do you spread that picture? And when you spread that picture, for what purpose? Do you screenshot the newspaper article that you see online? Do you take a photograph with your phone of the newspaper in your hands and spread and transmit that information? When you do that, what is the purpose? What is your motives? Instead of spreading things like wildfire, why don't you pray for that person? Pray for God's intervention. Too many people love to give unsolicited advice and opinion. Too many believers rise up like Job's friends. We as Christians need to go back to the word of God because there were occasions when there were individuals in the Bible who were being persecuted. What about the guy in the lion's den? What about the one in the fiery furnace and the one in prison? And we have multiple stories of men in prison. And there were those who were in prison who were praising God and singing and the prison gates burst open. That is the God that I serve. So I know if I have to go to prison for my faith, for my ministry, for my mission, I will sing praises. We should have the words written upon our heart. We should be ready to make a stand for what we believe in. If I am ever arrested, if I am ever placed in the confines of a police station and interrogated, one word lawyer. If I'm imprisoned, I will sing praises to my God because they did it in the Bible then and I can do it now. It's the same God. He is a God who breaks down prison walls and I know he will vindicate me. When I am completely innocent, I know the God I serve will turn it around for good. We need to understand and remember when those men were in the fiery furnace, the king decided to do something. He decided to increase the heat 10 times hotter. I love that story and I find it funny and interesting. You know why? Because that king, in my opinion, he knew there is something special about these men. The regular temperature will not work. I've got to increase the heat. So when you are a Christian and the heat is being increased, you can have faith that the Lord is going to make your enemies become your footstools. When they increased the heat in the Bible, they burnt. But the men in the fiery furnace, that was the first and only air-conditioned furnace. That is the God that I serve. And so we need to hold on to those stories and those truths. Our God does not slumber or sleep. So if you are placed in a situation of being falsely accused, of being persecuted, arrested and charged, God forbid convicted, know that your God stands with you and he is for you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when God is for us, nobody can be against us. Remember, God gives his biggest battles to his strongest warriors. But we on the outside need to stop with the naysaying and the negativity. Oh, do this. Oh, do that. I rebuke every one of you who does that. Why? Because you are basically saying to Daniel, 
get out of the lion's den. Saying to Joseph, get out of prison. Saying to the three men in the fire, get out of the fire. When God has you in his will, in the palm of his hand, in that furnace, no person on earth has any right to tell you to leave because God has placed you in there. The Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, pay attention, the word is shadow. It is shadow. And when we die, we know we have eternity with Christ and so we are saved. So hold on to the truths of the word of God. Hold on to the stories. Hold on to Luke 21, 12 to 19. Knowing that God is a better advocate than every lawyer that is on the face of this earth. Even when your lawyer doesn't stand with you, your God can turn things around. Even when the government is against you, even when the politicians are against you and every person in a position of power is against you, know that your God is for you and he can defeat your enemies in the blinking of an eye. But when God comes on the fourth day to raise Lazarus, when Lazarus should have been smelling and the Lord raises Lazarus, that is a huge testimony. There are times and seasons when God is going to remove people out of your life. God is going to cleanse and shift. He's going to bring you from darkness to light, from one season to another, from reaping to sowing. When the Lord shifts you, you need to move with a shift. You may have two friends who stand beside you. But the Lord will never leave or forsake you. And those two friends are right with you in the fiery furnace, standing on his promises, standing on his truths and believing with you that the God that served in the Bible and you are serving him now, that God is with you. That God will never leave you. When men fail you, when people turn against you, when people feed into the lies and the rumors, you know who is before you, surrounding you, in you, above, below, beneath. No matter where you go, he is with you. In the fire, in the prison, in the lion's den, even when you're walking on water and you become distracted, he is still faithful to grab your hand before you drown. That is the God that I serve. That is the God that we as believers need to serve. So you have to take a think, a retrospective, put a mirror in front of your face and ask yourself, what do I do when I hear false accusations? What would I do if I was arrested or charged? What would I say if I saw or heard this? Are you going to continue to spread the rumors or are you going to fight the rumors? What are you going to do? Are you going to be the bigger person? False accusations come. Yes, they do. They have been coming before, they are coming now, they will come in the future. And I thank God justice is in the palm of his hands. The Bible says, do not touch the Lord's anointed. And it gives me peace. No matter who rises up against me, I know the God I serve. And he will bring the best vengeance beyond whatever I could ever think or imagine. Because he knows what punishment to mete out against those who attack his children. God is working in us. Our faith is growing day by day. Every trial, every praise report, our faith is growing. What gift of the Spirit do you have? Is your faith a mustard seed or is your faith non-existent? Is your faith only present when things go high or when things go low? Remember, 1 Corinthians 10, 13b, God only gives you what you can bear so you can stand up underneath it. God is great. God is powerful. So ask yourself, what will I do when I see or hear a false accusation? 
It is false. Why? Because according to the law of the West, innocent until proven guilty. Therefore, that accusation is false. We have not brought our evidence together. The person has not been tried. They've only been tried by public opinion. Bible says, test the spirit. Ask yourself, before I speak, am I speaking words to edify, to lift up, to pull down, to destroy? Or am I allowing my voice to be used to distract, to destroy, to intentionally or unintentionally so deviate a person from the will of God? Because I'm convinced when Daniel was in the lion's den, his friends were preparing his funeral. They were. And there are people in our lives who are preparing our funeral. There are people in our lives saying, God did not send you there. God did not tell you to go. Go home. Leave. Run away. My name is not Jonah. My question to you, are you Jonah? When you get heated up, what are you going to do? Are you going to run away or will you stand tall in the midst of adversity? Because that is what the scripture says. In Luke, it says, God is with us. He is our mouthpiece. He will speak on our behalf through the words that he will give us. So what are you going to do? Remember, lawyer, 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 three sides to every story. And don't be so quick to believe what you hear. Give people the benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another, and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world, you just don't know it. But if we can all be educated then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode. Keep a secret, can you keep a secret? I want to trust you.